0: This past week, I experienced several invitations. Virginia and I invited my mom and Virginia's parents to Thanksgiving. We invited some friends to stop by. I was invited to a wedding. Well, actually two. Invited out to dinner. And each invitation held its own occasion, its own facets, its own fun. One wedding is going to be black tie, Another wedding very casual. On the way back from Thanksgiving with family, the past two years we've listened to a Christmas carol. And there's the ever-present invitation from Fred to Scrooge. Christmas after Christmas, his nephew invites Ebenezer Scrooge to Christmas dinner. And Scrooge turns him down year after year until but then I don't want to ruin the story for you. (laughs) Invitations. Each week, our scripture readings invite us to think and learn about God. And for today, a picture of fire, a picture that makes us uncomfortable, a picture that may make us squirm. In fact, many reject the picture of a loving God who at final judgment says to anyone, you are accursed. Depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. It's uncomfortable to think that we will be judged, but it's here in Scripture, and it's in the creed we're about to say, so let's spend some time being uncomfortable with judgment and use our experiences of invitation with a goal of letting Scripture speak for itself and wonder how each day we can incorporate these readings into our lives. Both our Old Testament reading and our Gospel reading present us with images of being sorted out. Reading from Ezekiel presents us with the strong sheep that butt and scatter the weak sheep and thus grow fat. Those fat sheep that hurt the weaker sheep rather than help them will be fed with justice while the weaker sheep will be fed by their shepherd gospel reading the sheep will be sorted out from the goats those who don't love their neighbor will answer for their purposeful neglect when presented with the reality of being sorted out our minds might go in a couple of different directions the great theologians of past and present have taken the idea of judgment this way and that. And it's actually very interesting to read the thoughts of Paul and Augustine, Dante and Taylor, Schweitzer and Bultmann, and all of these great thinkers, there is insight to be gained and cherished, and thoughts to be tested and tried. But one thought that's on many of our minds when we hear Jesus in Scripture speaking of sorting out in judgment, well, we we lose focus on ourselves and we think of other people. In other words, we worry about whether other people are to be thrown out of the club and banished to hell. After all, we are in the club. We think it unfair that anyone would be punished in eternity, and that makes us uncomfortable. That's our sole focus, the destination of other people. We miss the important point in our readings, ourselves, our own souls and bodies, our own words and actions. For me, when I think of final judgment, I do wonder, will Jesus embrace me in the end? Or will I have failed to measure up? After all, to whom much is given, much will be required. But invitation is an idea that helps me. In my faith-seeking journey, the reality of judgment is not a whim, but a call to accept God's invitation to be in relationship, to accept God's call to join Him in this life, even though I'm not perfect. God gave us our lives. And God invites us to spend them following his ideas. Walking before him with humility and with love. So in our gospel reading, God invites us to different occasions. Moments in life when we, when we see the hungry and give them food. Invited to see the thirsty and give them drink. to See the stranger and welcome. See the unclothed and clothe. We're invited to see the sick and care, see the imprisoned and visit. God invites us to love our neighbor as ourselves. By focusing on our own actions in the limited time we're given to walk this world, by loving our neighbor, we find that we have loved God in Jesus. And then we're offered... The possibility of standing boldly before God and saying you invited me to follow you and live my life as you would have me live it and I tried my best and it's then that God's mercy washes over us in eternal life and the same God who calls each one of us to love our neighbor as ourselves offers us that same abundant love And invites us to a heavenly banquet. These readings we have today, they're jam-packed full of ways to love the people around you. Seek out the weakest, rather than bully. Build them up. Notice who around you in your life is hungry. This may be physically hungry, but what about spiritually hungry? Relational hunger. Feed them. Notice who's thirsty for love that has not been satisfied and offer your loving embrace. There's anyone here that you have not met today who is a stranger to you. Welcome them. There's coffee hour. If anyone has been stripped of his or her dignity and is embarrassed, dress them with self-worth And if anyone lies trapped in addiction or solitude, imprisoned, be present with them. Those are big ideas. And they take time to think through and act on according to your own spiritual gifts. So if these ideas do seem a little distant, maybe a little bit too big, I have a place where you can start. Of course, you can always come and have a cup of coffee, talk more. But until then, and it might seem a little lighthearted, but with all this judgment, a little lightheartedness is okay. It's a spiritual tool to help you open your eyes and open your hearts to the people around you. It's an invitation of sorts. As you work your way into Advent, stir up the love in your soul for those around you with the simplicity of a smile. Whenever and wherever you are, smile. And I'm not talking about the self-congratulating, I'm going to heaven and you're going to hell smile. (laughs) I'm talking about the smile that tells the person next to you, you're open and that you're willing to talk to them. It's an invitation to neighborly kindness. It's deeper than social media likes and hearts. Be present with another person in a moment. Smile that sends the message that you are prepared and you're purposed to love. A Scrooge who frowns and scowls and dismisses all around them with a blanket good afternoon is unapproachable to the weak, inaccessible to the naked and the hungry. A Scrooge who shuts people out is not in a position to love. But a smile changes that. I'm not sure that anyone except God can say with certainty what our judgment looks like. But I do know that each of us can say yes, to God's invitation to look beyond our selfish ways, an invitation to feed and to clothe, to support and to comfort the people around us. Those actions that live into God's invitation, they'll change you, and through you, they'll change the world. And that love and care will certainly echo into eternity.